What is happening, fam? So, today we're going to call it a story time. I've got some of these that I, I've just told some stories, you know. I'm sure that everybody's just got those stories of the things you did that, you know, you only get to really tell to certain people at certain times that uh, might have been something good, bad, or crazy. And my idea is that because I wrote these, I jot them down. I'm going to share them with you. Eventually, I want to have a guest on here that I interview, talk to about their things, and it might open up a couple more similar stories or crazy events of things that they did in their childhood. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into it. So this is a story from, I believe I was around 16 years old. I'm thinking I might have just turned 17, but I really don't think so. And this involves a good friend of mine named Earl and uh, a good friend of mine named Bug. His name's James, but uh, he'll always be Bug. So Earl, Bug, and Well Butrin is the name of this one. Some of you already know. Some of you are going to learn as we go. So, for whatever reason, I just got to come back to live with my Aunt Dale for the last few months of her life in Plant City. After returning to my parents' house, I had been living with my parents for the first few months in a long time in their completely fucked up world. I believed if I could go back to where I went to high school and just be around some of the people I knew, I could somehow pull my own life together again. I was a rowdy kid and so far from understanding anything in life at the time, I didn't stand a chance. Me and Earl both had our own cars at 15 years old. Yes, cars that we drove around at 15 years old in middle school. Neither one of us had a driver's license. I believe I had a learner's permit at some point before that thing got suspended. He had a four-door Honda Civic and I had a three-door Saturn three-door because it had them suicide doors on the driver's side. Both of them were five-speed stick shifts, and we just thought that we were the coolest kids around town, right? How many kids in middle school could you call and ask for a ride? Me and Earl both had our own cars. Needless to say, we might have had some parents that didn't have the most uh, parental controls around us at the time, nor could we were also independent enough to acquire these things that we had bought from people that didn't you know necessarily ever see like you know things like insurance or a legal tag or maybe you know we probably had some messed up family that didn't have those things so I think my car was actually registered in my my mom's name to a certain point and then I just kind of got to run with it so fast forward a few years from us each having our own cars in middle school. When I was about 16 or 17 years old at the time, I had went back down to stay with my Aunt Dale for a couple months um, as I was gonna try to establish myself in my home, you know, what I considered my hometown at the time or my home county because you know it's where I went to middle school and high school. It's where I knew everyone. So uh, when Earl picked me up one night, we had no particular plans as usual we were driving around he had a lincoln car at the time and we were out for the night to try to find something to get into like typical bored teenagers we somehow ended up hanging out with a couple of our girlfriends friends our friends girlfriends and their sister yes we were all just friends 
None of them liked any of each other or anything like that. They just happened to have parents that would tolerate teenagers drinking beer on their porch in the trailer park that they lived in that was somewhere close to the city of Tampa. Shortly after getting there and getting permission from her parents, because we, you know, even though these things were like that, you know, I, 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 would, I hate saying back in the day. It makes me sound like I'm old because back in the day for me was 2006, you know, 2007. But yeah, you had these, I don't know, we were never disrespectful kids. Like, hey, how are y'all doing? You know, and like I said, we were all friends, you know. I don't know, we just, we just talked shit. We all just hung out. We just like whatever. And then their parents knew us because we all hung out over there. Like, hey, can we drink some beer on the porch? They'd say, sure, 16-year-old kids don't get in trouble. I don't know. Was, I mean, do we, I'm not going to say we didn't, but yeah, it was never anything uh, negatively impactful on purpose. It was and somehow good fun that we just always took way too far. <laughs> so shortly after getting permission from her parents to hang out on the porch because they both had to work in the morning, me and my two friends decided that we were going to get some beer from the store. The problem was that none of us were 21 and none of us had any money at all to our name. Pretty sure we had rolled change to ride around in the car that night. So we pulled up to the store with intentions of doing a beer run. I got out and went into the store and I grabbed two cases of beer from the rear cooler, walked up the middle of the aisles, and I set them on the counter. The man working there started shaking his head and yelling something at me about, we do not sell beer after 10 o'clock. It is too late to buy these beers right now. So then he grabs one of the cases and starts walking towards the back of the store. As soon as I heard him crack the freezer door open and bend down to put that case of beer back into the, the cooler, I bolted out of the side door and I jumped in Earl's car. Well, he had the door open, and if you've ever had the door open on a two-door Lincoln car, <laughs> it's a big-ass door. Anyway, he had the door open waiting for me. And I had to jump in so he could pull forward immediately. And then as he left at the stop sign, he did almost a completely complete U-turn to head in the opposite direction of the store because that was the direction we needed to go. As the car started rolling, I was about three feet from it and jumped in mid-air, switching the case of beer from this hand to that hand so that it landed in the middle of the seat. As my butt touched the seat, his foot and continued to engage the gas pedal completely as he started to whip the U-turn. It took every fiber of my body to keep that door from ripping off of the hinges or my arm going with it as I clinged into it as he did the U-turn to pull out by the light. When we finally got into a straight line, the door finally clicked shut. <clears throat> Uh, with the trailer park we were heading to was only about two or three miles up the road, you know. It was a maze once you got in there of confusing winding roads with all different names that you, I could have never found my way in there had Earl not known where we were going. We arrived back at our friend's house where we got to sit on the porch and drink the beer on the hood of his car. And we began to talk a bunch of shit. So, Bug was in the back seat of that. And uh, yeah, we did a beer run. Middle of the night, middle of Tampa. It's uh, not necessarily things to be proud of, but yeah, not everybody has these stories to tell. So about a half hour later, we all had this absolutely genius idea that we were going to take these pills that we had found and stolen from underneath the cabinet in my uncle's bathroom that I was living with at the time. 
I believe they were all in a discarded bin to be thrown away. Looking back at it now, it's probably why they were where they were. But, uh... Well, Buchan was some sort of antidepressant and us being some dumb young kids that you hear about doing dumb young shit and they all die. Well, we were those statistics that night. So we decided we're each going to take one. And then a few beers later, it's almost a game. So we started taking two at a time. And then in 20 minute intervals, maybe we would each take one. Around 6 a.m., their dad had came outside and made a couple of jokes about how we were still there and her mom had to get up at about 630 Asking if we had a ride home, we were, of course, lied and said that we had Bug's mom on the way to pick us up. It was daylight, and it was the day before Thanksgiving. So, yep, it's the day before Thanksgiving. None of us have anywhere to be except for with each other. We are popping pills that we have no idea what they do while drinking alcohol from, you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night till now. It's about 6 a.m. in the morning at our friend's house, who I'm sure we were like kind of like those kids you would let come over but they weren't like the kids that you were best friends with I think that we were more like comical and entertaining and we were never like persuasive or flirty in any way so we really did just make a lot of cool friends that were chicks and we me Bug and Earl man we hung out with with all different kinds of just cheerleaders we had friends that had nice fancy houses that we would go to and clean the blood up off my clothes after I would get jumped like just yeah i haven't even thought about this it's all these things so um it was the day before thanksgiving i remember getting very clear permission from them when they left that we could go inside because they weren't sleeping anymore but the entire kitchen was covered in food from one end of the other the oldest sister was tasked for pretty much prepping everything for their entire family that they were all going to take to another location the next day as soon as I sat on the couch, I remember asking for a trash can and I started throwing up almost immediately. Me and my friends were talking to each other in the room, or so they were telling us that we were talking to each other, but none of our sentences were matching up with the end of the other person's sentence. So someone would answer with a statement that was absolutely nothing related to the statement that the other one made in what we were talking about, but we never broke sentences in our conversation. <laughs> To me, however long we were in that room, it felt like every single emotion I could possibly possess was on an uncontrollable will of fortune in my head that would spin about every two or three minutes. I would go from being extremely scared and nervous, curled up in a ball, wanting to cry, to laughing hysterically out loud, being excited, to wanting to jump up and down and go for a run. And we stayed that way, throwing up for at least the next couple hours. Not really even sure how long we were there. The girls in the house tolerated us. We were definitely scared. The older sister wanted to call 911 a couple different times. And uh, they just kept feeding us water bottles and continuing to prep the food for their family event while basically babying the three of us at this time. And I didn't want any of us dying at their house. So definitely the definition of messed up, rowdy teenagers. When we were gathered up enough to get into Earl's car, he began to take us home. He dropped me off first at my Aunt Dell's house. I said goodbye to them. I went inside and I pretty much told my Aunt Dale, uh, you know, she looked me in my eyes and she asked me, hey, what was wrong? I can tell something's wrong with you. You're not right. 
I told her what I had did. I told her what I had taken. I told her that we were drinking all night long and I was trying to hold water down and I couldn't. Uh, she told me, I, you know, anytime I would drink milk or water, I would throw it up immediately. She told me that I needed to get a glass of sweet tea. And when I took a one sip of it, I immediately felt it hit my stomach. And I continued to hold that down and drink it for, you know, I finally did drink that for about the next hour. The tea that she made there tasted like syrup because it had so much sugar in it. And I believe that is kind of what kept me, you know, I drank sweet tea all through the night. And then I ended up eating breakfast the next day and I kind of recovered fine and I was on my way. So, uh... That's my end of where it ended. Now keep in mind, my two friends drop me off and then they pull out down the road. And this is where the rest of my story just goes into the stories that I've heard from them. So I ended up speaking to Earl and Bug a few days later. And then I have in parentheses, put their side of the story in here. Sorry I haven't reached out to you guys, but I do want a part two follow-up detailed explanation of what happened that you guys can relate after these years for the next part of this. But we were all in agreement that we shouldn't have lived that night for the amount of pills that we had taken. That we did not know what they were and why they didn't kill us. We were all protected by guardian angels that we didn't understand and we were thankful to be alive. It was a surreal feeling to have to go through with your friends and it was self-induced and foolish and we all knew that we... And we all knew that we made that choice trying to escape some sort of reality. And it wasn't promised. This was a life or death situation that was an overwhelming feeling that made me second guess the next moves I make in my life. It was the last time that I had ever taken any type of pill at all. I have a hard time taking Tylenol now. I, On that note, I got airlifted, broke my left ankle, pelvis, and shoulder all at the same time. I refused all pain medication on the helicopter. I refused all pain medication in the room. The lady asked me why. I told her because if you do dumb, play dumb games, you win dumb prizes. I earned feeling like this. My dad showed up and my mom to take me home from the hospital. He insisted after the doctor left me with a 10 milligram hydrocodone in my hand that I break it in half, give him half of it, and at least take half of it, and then I puked the entire way home. And that was 15 years after this story happened. So uh, I don't take any pills of any kind. I have a hard time taking ibuprofen or any yeah painkillers even when I'm seriously injured. Like when I cut my thumb off and halfway through getting airlifted. You do stupid stuff, you win so I really did just put input their part of the story here. I didn't even write it. So Earl went to take Bug home. And from what he tells me, he drops Bug off outside of his house. Bug tells Earl, see you later. And he drives off. This is where it gets a little weird. I'm pretty sure Earl went home. I'm pretty sure kind of the same thing like me. Slept it off. Threw up a whole lot more. Ended up eating some food and he felt better. Bug, on the other hand, Mr. Skinny guy that he was, he said he, Earl pulled off, he lived in a subdivision with a small front yard, a little concrete walkway up to the front door. He said he opened the door, he walked inside. He thought he heard or seen someone that scared him to the point to where he ran out of the house as fast as he could. 
his next memory after attempting to run out of the front door that he had just opened was him laying on the grass with an EMT standing over him. Apparently his mother found him laying in the front yard unconscious, called the paramedics who had to come and pump his stomach and take him to the hospital. So we all three lived that night. That was a foolish, ignorant thing that is apparently a common, I mean, I can't be that damn common, but I can see where making bad decisions layered on top of bad decisions because people didn't have anyone in their life to tell them that this is right or this is wrong, or even worse, the people that were in their life were teaching them, you know, this is how you, you know, drink beer and this is how you roll a joint and this is how you, you know, don't pay insurance and this is how you lie and cheat and steal and food stamps and, you know, welfare your way out of any situation. Like, it wasn't that we ever had anyone positive to really look on besides ourselves, And that is such an odd thing to look at because we really were self-governing people more than most of the friends we had. And that sounds silly because we're out here doing dumb shit like that. But, you know, we weren't, um, you know, we didn't throw parties at our, our parents' house when they were out of town. We didn't have no fucking parents. We threw parties every single weekend at the house. Because dad, whoever's fucking dad was probably drunk out at the bar out of town somewhere. Like, we had an entirely different pack of kids that I hung out with who you know, team wannabe. It was about being what you want to be, regardless of what they say of how you dress or how you act. And we really were more of a family than friends because it might be, hey man, can I stay at your house? And they know it's not like we want a buddy, buddy sleepover for the weekend. It's like, no, my grandpa didn't come home. The door's locked. Like I need somewhere to fucking sleep. Or hey, can I come eat dinner there? Because I didn't fucking eat yesterday. And me and my friends looked out for each other. And uh, by the powers that be, you know, I ended up moving away from there. And I think that all happened for good reason because some of them kids still live in them same spots and are still going down the same path. And I got separated from that. And then other friends who could have been in prison for life and could have did these things are doing badass with their life. And, you know, badass is different to everybody's point of view. The fact that these, they got jobs and they take care of their kids and their kids do fun shit almost every single weekend. And that is their priority is taking care, providing a better life for them than they, than I know that they grew up with because I was there for their childhood and to get to see them give back to them 10 times better than the shit that they had. Those are goals worth achieving. And I'm right there with them, man. I don't want to stop any of this. And, uh, and I don't know why we all three lived, you know, we're all three still here today. And, uh, yeah, I've done some foolish stuff. I've made some fucked up decisions and never do I let those, you know, I see you learn or you grow, you learn and you grow. That's it. That's it. We learn and we grow. There's no, no fucking losers. There's no lessons. We fucking learn, we grow, we go. And, uh, be that way till we die. So, um, yeah, that's just one of the stupid foolish things that, uh, I did chalk that up as cheating death for a long time. It was, uh, you know, song lyrics, you know, just little drawing something on the front of your notebook. Like I, I have that date. I, I, it's not written down here, but I know it's in a ton of my other papers scattered throughout my book bags that I toted around since I was 15 that still have since middle school with all of my writings in it. But uh, those things, yeah, cheated death, 
come through it. Everything happens for a reason at a time. We're still here. We're still kicking ass. So take that into consideration. If there's ever something you've done and you think, man, you know, I'm never going to be able to do 75 hard and lose weight and change my life. I'm never going to be able to make enough money to completely change my family because I've done this, this, and that. Like, I don't know. That is one of a fucking stack of dumb shit that I'm going to share with you I've done over the years and hopefully in the mix of me sharing that dumb shit I've done with you I can share some of the more recent positive decisions I've made with my life like uh moving 14 hours away just to be closer to a team of people that you know are being productive with themselves because I would rather hang out I would rather make new friends with strangers who are in a different class and level of success than I am than to be you know, it's not necessarily catered to, but like, yeah, those friends that you make in that place you've always been, we were not going to grow there. And that was a hard choice to make. You know, that was a decision. I mean, it, it sounds like it's a hard choice to make, but in the moment, in the actual moment, it was a no brainer. Half of these things now, like, I don't have to think about them anymore. It's not like, oh, I mean, yeah, all those things are there. Fuck, I don't want to go outside. Oh, I don't want to do this. But there's never the thought of I'm not going to. It's I have to. Because if I don't, am I going to continue to do some of the dumb shit like I did when I was a kid? Am I going to continue to, you know, my life will be hard because I make it hard? Or is it going to be hard because I'm going to do some shit I haven't done before? So uh, go out and do something you haven't done before. Prove it to yourself so that you can believe in yourself more, right? That sounds, a, I don't know, that sounds kind of cliche. No, go out, do some hard, badass shit because you're going to feel proud. When you get done with that, that decision you made that you know none of your fucking friends would have made because they're all too sissy and scared to do that thing that takes that effort, that choice, and then to do it day after day after day after day because all you want is to actually be better for yourself, you will feel a feeling that I cannot express into words. And you're going to be ready to kick Satan right in the fucking nutsack. So uh, go out, guys, and uh, do something positive today. If you got a story of some crazy shit you've done or something that you've lived through that you want to share with me, slide an MDM somewhere and uh, we'll fucking talk about it, man. Peace out, y'all. Take it easy.